Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Mortal Kombat 11 is coming to Switch, and you know what that means. Friendship. Friendship. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Uh, We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including what was shown off at the reveal event for Mortal Kombat 11. And then on Thursday, we're going to be celebrating the Nintendo 3DS ahead of its eight-year anniversary. Eight years in February. Uh, But in the meantime, Mark, how are you? I'm feeling great. Yeah? Tell me about that. Um, I don't... uh, Let's see. Anything interesting to add to that... I mean, so sometimes you're just great and not interesting. <laughs> I mean, uh, sadly. Oh. Maybe most of the time. Ooh. But great still. Yeah. I've got a complaint I would like to register. Please. Uh, so, obviously, I just grabbed a little bit of uh, uh, friendship like sound clip so that we could uh, make a Mortal Kombat joke. Um, I have made the discovery that in every Mortal Kombat video ever that like anyone posts to show off finishing moves... Friendship moves, babalities, they're all, they do them all against a dummy computer player so that they are all always flawless victories, which messes up the rhythm of like, you want it to be like, Sonya wins, fatality, but everyone just plays against the dummy so that they know they're going to win when they're capturing this footage. So it's Sonya wins. Flawless victory. You can't use Fatality. that. It's no good. Take one little hit. You can still play against a dummy, but just like let the dummy hit you once. I mean, it's a great, it's a great point. So anyone who's ever uploaded a Mortal Kombat Fatality video to YouTube, go back and do it again. You done it wrong. I don't ask for much. Yeah, you really don't. That seems like a totally reasonable request. Right. All I want is all the fatalities from every Mortal Kombat game ever at, at, the, at my fingertips at all times. Exactly the way I want them. Without flawless victory. Without flawless victory. That seems like that should be achievable. With the internet today? <laughs> yeah, the internet of today can deliver this for the me. Machine learning should make that possible. I feel like. Uh, here's another thing that the internet of today can get you. My copy of Sonic Forces in your home. All you got to do is email us with your mailing address, and I send it to you. You send an email to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com, and it's as easy as that. It really is the future that we were all promised. That's true. The future that we were all promised is that we would have like dangerously close relationships with, <laughs> with the entertainers that we listen to, and that they would let us borrow their stuff i yeah. think that, that's what we were promised i've seen network <laughs> i have not <laughs> <laughs> i don't that doesn't happen in network <laughs> uh we've gotten some new five-star reviews uh thank you so much for uh sharing or not sharing for doing those for writing those and reviewing the show it helps us out a ton so for from van metra and uh vinto man um thanks so much we appreciate um if anyone else would love to do that for us or even tolerate doing it for us uh we would love it and tolerate it um all right mark let's get into what we've been playing uh this week 
So I've been playing Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Okay. And I think I figured out what it is that I like so much about the spirit board. Uh, you know how... So I mostly play Smash Brothers by myself, and I don't really play online that much. Yeah. So previously, it was just a lot of like setting up different smashes in Smash mode. Yeah. But spirit board basically does that for you with interesting and varied like opponents yeah well that's um do you have any idea how many spirits you have at this point not like a ton i think i have like 200 or something like that Okay, yeah that's it's still a a goodly lot means you've won 200 fights and lost many more probably (laughs) yeah for sure uh so yeah you're just using it as sort of a like sort of like random fight generator yeah pretty much um I am also maybe like 10 fighters away from a full roster. Still 10? Yeah. So I've, here's There's so th- many characters in this game. So many characters in this game. Here's a, like what I found the sticking point to be is that I routinely lose to a challenger on the first go round. Yeah, sure. And so then you have to play some more before they show up again in like the champion's gate or whatever it's called. Yeah, just that little like icon that appears sometimes. Yeah, in like the game and more section. Yeah. And so that is what dr- has dragged crazy a lot that, of this out. Crazy that that is as tucked away as it is. Like I like that they give you the option to like go and seek it out and challenge those opponents again, but really as soon as you unlock like the ability to fight them, you should just always have that. Yeah. You and should- you should get to choose which one you're going to fight. Because I'm not going to lie, there have been times where there's like two or three stacked up in there waiting for me to yeah. get to them. So you fight one, then you have to go away for a while, right. check fight it back, see one. if it's right. like, come back again. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it. And as who, the roster who, who, has gotten Who bigger, are you main in right now? Uh, I've been using a lot of Lucario. Okay. Um, but, and also Ganondorf. I was surprised, actually, because I've never really played Ganondorf before, and he's really slow, but really powerful, and Yeah. so I've been enjoying playing those two characters, which I generally don't play that much at all. I've also been throwing Zelda in there a little bit, because I rarely, rarely, I don't know that I've ever played as Princess Zelda, really, Yeah. but it's interesting that you see, like, um, and this is not a new or interesting observation, but I'm going to share it anyways. Very it's good. like all the characters are in subtle variations of each other. And so you find the ones that like fit your play style best. So do you want somebody who's like heavy on the ground, but oh, you need sure. them yeah, to be, yeah. you know, I, like I, I a see what more you're powerful, yeah. like that sort of thing. Um, and so I'm enjoying like exploring and being really like fine tuning yeah, your experience. Yeah. It's like, Oh, maybe I should be playing as Zelda. Like maybe that is actually the play style that I enjoy. Like the perfect combination, man. It's crazy to think of the different, like all of the different kinds of play styles you could be taking, you know, 70, whatever characters in the game. Um, but then also like the me fighters are also another, like, I don't know, like a hundred different fighters between the three of them, right? Because they all have those like different uh, special moves. They can. It's a lot. Mark. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I have been playing Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze on my Wii U because I own it there. Good for you. Um, thank you. I'm fighting the good fight, keeping the Wii U alive. Um, only one time did it do something super weird on me, uh, as it was like trying to load uh, the game just wo- just once. I, I, I don't know, like, it got in its head that uh, like, there was a controller, like, holding down both um, a right direction and the A button at the same time. So it was just, like, making all of these really quick oh, selections. Weird. Yeah. Um, so I had to turn it off. And for a second was like, oh, no. Am I, hitting, am I hitting, like, the Wii U wall? Like, is this it? 
is it not going to work anymore after this? Uh, but it does, and it did, and it's fine. Um, but so every time I've tried to play Tropical Freeze, I have done it with another human being and been like, you will be my uh, donkey or my Diddy Dixie Cranky. Um, and sometimes that's you, sometimes that's Sarah, um, sometimes it's other people. And usually uh, the time that we have to play together is fleeting enough that we're like, okay, let's just go through this and see see how far into this game we can get, see how many worlds we can see. But now that I'm playing it by myself, I'm saying, no, no, no. I'm going to get every letter. I'm going to get every puzzle piece. I'm going to go back into every level and try and get the, uh, like the time trial medallions, try to get the gold ones. Some of them I don't think are possible. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I just started doing this over the weekend, and I uh, have cleared out the, the first island, like all the puzzle pieces, all the letters. Um, and I've got the, uh, you know, first uh, like three levels in, in the next island as well, done, done the exact same way. And I'm just, it's, it's cool to like, I finish a level and then I'm like, all right, right back into it because I know there's more stuff for me to find in there. Um, which is probably how the Donkey Kong games are meant to be played. Um, but like, it's funny how frequently when uh, playing them without having this like completionist mindset, I beat a level and I'm like, great, I never have to think about that one ever again. But it's the perfect time to go back in. Yeah, it really is a totally different experience playing it multiplayer. Uh, when I, bought it on switch when it came out last year i played through it single player and the mindset is totally different it reminds me a lot of uh new super mario brothers when mm -hmm. you're playing it in a multiplayer it's uh you're trying to do completely different things because the way that the platforming works yeah is totally different because you're not just dependent on yourself to make those choices right well yeah and you know if two of you are on one platform at the same time in new super mario brothers you are going to murder each other by accident <laughs> But it's going to happen. Um, but uh, this is also partially inspired by uh, our playing uh, New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe last weekend, or the weekend before. Um, because that is such a, that, that's a good game. New Super Mario Brothers uh, U is, is a good game. Um, but I feel like, I don't know, I, I feel like uh, the sort of uh, corrective history on it of like being one of the great 2D platformers like ever is maybe a little bit overblown. Um, and, you know, we've not not done our part to uh, uh, kind of further that narrative. Um, but like playing Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze now, uh, just like the, the detail in the environments and like just how rich and full each of those levels are, like that game's way better. Um, and yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's just sort of where I am right now, that like I wanted an, a, a game that was like that, but not exactly that. And in playing Donkey Kong Country, I'm like, oh, this is actually a very... Better version. This is just a better version of, yeah, it, it's got way more personality, and um, uh, I'm just having a, a great time with it. So, uh, yeah, I'm playing my Wii U. What do you want? In Nintendo headquarters, a slow clap begins. <laughs> People begin to stand up, and then it is quietly snuffed out. Uh, all right, so that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Kind of, I would say, a slower week for new releases. Uh, yeah, there's not very. There's nothing on here that I'm uh, interested in picking up. So I'm just going to read some of these at random. Just plow through them. Uh, January 22nd, The Raven Remastered. Yeah, that's the Edgar Allan Poe. I assume so, yes. Re remastered, though. 
at sundown shots in the dark uh that's one game future grind on the 24th smite uh pikuniku doodle god evolution uh jack quest tell the sword hashtag kill all zombies curse castilla on january 25th flow lines versus heroes trials and january 26th in ops um what's going on here I mean, I really don't have anything to say because I know nothing about any of these games. I, I tried. I went into like I went to YouTube to look up some uh, trailers, and there's not even really anything on here uh, that I want to like goof about or you know make fun of. So, I guess no one plays any video games this week, right? I mean, I when does Resident Evil Two come out? This week, I think. Uh, just not on Switch. Yeah, just not on Switch. All right. Well. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 also comes out very soon. Maybe not. Maybe the very end of the month? No, the same day as Resident Evil 2, whatever day that is. Do they really? They both come out on the same day? Yeah. Good work, Square Enix and Capcom. (laughs) All right, Mark, let's close out this segment. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, what are we doing today? Today we're going to try to solve those like one minute mystery logic puzzle things yeah so i've got some pulled up here do you have some there Sh- should i just read one? uh yeah you can just read yours okay so i'm i'm pulling one from uh brainden.com slash logic puzzles um we'll we'll uh, address this one that is the ball okay okay uh how and we're gonna do as many of these as we can mm-hmm. maybe get stuck on one uh the ball how can you throw a ball as hard as you can and have it come back to you even if it doesn't bounce off anything, there's nothing attached to it, and no one else catches it or throws it back to you. Would you just like throw it hard enough that it goes around the world? Okay, so Mark is imagining that we can throw it so hard that it goes all the way around the world, and that we just turn around and catch it? <laughs> or you find a small enough planet. I think you, uh, you throw it uphill. Oh, you throw it uphill. And then it just rolls down to you. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Check the answer. Check the, the okay, answer. Okay, all right. Uh, the, the answer says, throw. oh, throw the ball straight up in the air. Oh, uphill. That's, that's I, pretty it's, good. It's kind of yours, too, because you're using gravity. <laughs> Am I? I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Here's yeah, one. Here's yeah, one. yeah. There is a man walking down the road dressed entirely in black. There are no lights on anywhere and no moon. A car with no lights comes down the road and manages to avoid the man. How? Uh, the man is is walking down the road. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, no, no. I'm just getting clarity. There is a man walking down the road dressed entirely in black. Okay. There are no lights on anywhere and no moon. A car with no lights comes down the road and manages to avoid the man. How? Uh, it's a a big highway. It's just <laughs> just just happenstance. Well, okay. Let's say uh, it's there, not a one lane there's road. There's a man walking down the road dressed entirely in black. There are no lights on anywhere and no moon, so it could be daytime. Oh yeah, there you go. That's probably it. Okay, let's. Check and he's here. wearing reflective tape. <laughs> and he's wearing it's daytime, and he's wearing <laughs> reflective tape. Let's see. The answer is it's daytime. They don't say anything about reflective tape, but that could totally be true. There's nothing in that that contradicts the fact that he's wearing reflective tape. All right, are you ready for the philosopher's clock? I am. Yeah. Okay. 
One absent-minded ancient uh, philosopher forgot to wind his wind up his big clock hanging on the wall of his house. Uh, he had no radio, TV, telephone, internet, or any other means of telling time. So we traveled on foot to his new friend's place a few miles down the road, uh, a few miles down a straight desert road. He stayed at his friend's house for a night, and when he came back home, he knew how to set his clock. How did he know? I'm confused by the premise of this. So it's his his clock uh, stops. Uh-huh. He walks to his... He has no other way of telling Oh, that. Oh, his clock stopped. Yes. Wait. Uh, forgot to wind his big clock hanging. Uh, right. So I guess we don't even know. He just forgot to wind it. Okay. May- maybe uh, it's not a wind-up clock. <laughs> maybe it's a battery-powered clock. <laughs> so he traveled on foot to his new fr- his friend's place a few miles down a straight desert road. He stayed at his friend's house for the night, and when he came back home, he knew how to set his clock. How did he know? Hmm. Because he knows how long... Okay, so the second his clock stops, he starts walking to his friend's house. Okay. Then he knows how long he was gone, right? Okay. How long it took him to walk there. Uh-huh. So he just... Because you... he's at his friend's house? And right. he sees, like, the clock's there? Right, exactly. Okay. And so then when he leaves his friend's house, he just adds that same time back. This is making a lot of assumptions that he walks the same speed. I don't know. What do you think here, Mark? Uh, so, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, clocks can measure time even when they do not show the right time. You just have to wind the clock up and... Okay, all right, all right. We have to suppose that his journey that uh, takes exactly the same time there and back. This is saying that you would wind up the clock and let it go and then just compare... Uh, your friend's time to that the it would keep going just at the wrong time and so you would be like okay it says three o'clock now and then you would walk there it would be still part of the adding time this one's dumb this i don't one, th- i don't care for this one well d- listen brain den <laughs> Wait, hopefully you, there's an email address where we can send a complaint mm. all right here we go a father and son are in an auto accident the father dies and the son is rushed to the hospital in critical condition the doctor looks at the boy and says, I can't work on him. He's my son. How can this be? Okay, so the father was cloned <laughs> back during the Vietnam War because they needed more soldiers. But one of them was a conscientious objector. And so he went off uh, and uh, became a doctor. Uh, and, but he kept this secret because he knows and he's the doctor. So he's the responsible one, right? Uh, so that that's how. Yeah. Okay. L- let me look up the answer. Okay. Oh my gosh, you're right. No, just kidding. You're not. The doctor is his mother. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we were accompanied today by the GVSU New Music Ensemble. Um, uh, 433 was written in 1952. Not exactly. New music, guys. Okay, Mark. Let's uh, get out of this segment. So, Patrick, before Christmas, you were wondering what the status of Killer Queen Black was? I'll be honest, I still am. Well, the game was originally announced for a winter 2019 release, but it is now planned for release in summer 2019. Oh. So it got delayed. Mm, There's your answer. By kind of a while. Uh, Six months. A season. A season. Oh, no, I guess two seasons. Yeah, skipping right over spring. Just all the way through it. Yeah, so I guess we'll see. Um, I'm... I'm excited for this game to come out. Like, I, it's, 
I have never been able to actually play Killer Queen as there is no arcade in the Los Angeles area that has one. Um, but I want to play Killer Queen Black. From the uh, and I kind of forgot this part, but from the blog post where the developer posted this news, I forgot that it's also coming to PC. It's like a PC and Switch release. Yeah, I mean, it's they're going for like a a sort of wide release of it. Um, you know, the first time actually getting, and it's a different. It's a different game because instead of being uh, five on five, it's four on four, which obviously makes more sense for the Switch. Um, but, you know, this is the first time that it's going to be like a widely available game. So I think they do want it in as many uh, hands as, as, as they can. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, related, on Friday, Wargroove's official Twitter account showed off the game's Nintendo Switch icon. No official word on release date, but it's got to be close or at least closer right I mean, well it, it's probably not further away than it was yesterday but um yeah wargroove is one of those games you know it looks like uh advanced wars or fire emblem or whatever that we've known about forever like have been seeing uh trailers for it for just a super long time um and any like sign of life like this is a borderline uh pocket rumble scenario at this point which means that when it comes out, I'll play it for is, half is, an hour. Is it the same developer? Is it Chucklefish? It's the same. That's the same. Like, no, sorry, publisher. publisher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They show off their games too early. Come on, guys. Calm down. Yeah. I feel like, wait, War was Wargroove one that we saw like right around the Switch release or like in the first Nindie showcase so, or something? Like, is it been I th- close I think to it years? might be the first Nindie showcase. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that is 100% certain, but yeah, I, I would be willing to believe that it's I've been a long this time game for two years. Yeah. Uh, Square Enix has filed trademarks for HD 2D and HD 2D. Uh, there's a dash in one of them. When I read them, it's the same, but in print, it looks different. Mm-hmm. So they filed trademarks for HD 2D in Europe. And what is HD 2D? You might ask. It's the art style of Octopath Traveler. Uh, you know that like super neat. Uh, it's like the 16-bit sprites, but they're in like uh. There's like depth of field, and it seems yeah, like it kind of looks a like diorama. a pop up like book. Yeah, a diorama. That's a yeah. good way of putting it. With some like uh, startlingly realistic water and like sunlight. <laughs> um, so that's cool uh, that they're trademarking it. Does do we think that means that we will see more games in this style, or that they're just sort of trying to protect uh, the novelty of the way Octopath Traveler looks? Uh, I'd be surprised if we don't see more games like this i'd be surprised if we don't see an octopath traveler 2 mm-hmm. i think the first one has sold over a million copies at this point nanopath traveler yeah <laughs> or you know i feel like knowing uh how japanese naming conventions are sometimes it'll be a name that like doesn't really make any sense like octopath squared oh sure it'll be octopath traveler 2 surely in uh, I can't even do it. Shortly into uh, uh, decadence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think we read a news item last year around the time of Octopath's release talking about how that studio is has the ultimate goal of like releasing one game a year. It's the same studio that worked on Bravely Default. And Bravely Second, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I it seems like they are a little bit what Tokyo RPG Factory hoped to be. Yeah, that they actually have hit like a groove of uh, kind of old school turn-based, um, but now have a hook that uh, people seem to really be responding to, which is 
this HD 2D style. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's... What, is Tokyo RPG Factory, are they still around or did they kind of disappear? I, I don't know what happened after I Am Setsuna and Lost Sphere. And I think I Am Setsuna did okay. Lost Sphere, I think, totally kinda bombed tanked, everywhere. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's like... I, I think that's sort of the, the nail in the coffin for them because like... I Am Setsuna was uh, an interesting game that I, I feel like everyone was like, ah, okay, we're seeing like the, the like this promises better games in the future. And then Lost Fear was like, psych. And uh, yeah, so maybe, maybe they're, maybe they've been dissolved into this or I, I, we don't know. Yeah, we have I don't no know. information about this. Um, shortly after Mortal Kombat 11 was revealed to be coming to Switch as well as PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Rumors began circulating that the Switch release would be later than the other platforms. Mm. Last week, NetherRealm Studios hosted an official reveal event for the game, and it looks like those rumors were false. As of now, the Switch version is planned for release on April 23rd, like all the other versions, as far as we know. Uh, That's good. Uh, I feel like that would be a total bummer if this game came out even like a week later, um, because I feel like it is not the kind of game especially knowing just what we know about uh the switch's online capabilities and how much modern fighting games are built around the online experience um that if the switch version comes out like a week later or a month later and then can't perform online as well um like it'll just be dead in the water uh and like i'm excited for uh, mortal kombat 11 to come to switch i feel like i'll probably end up getting it on playstation yeah i mean i think that makes a lot of sense Especially because, from what I've seen, Warner Brothers Games is a little bit cagey about, like, support for the Switch. Like, I don't know that we've ever had outright confirmation of... I I think for sure there's no beta for Switch. Right. Um, I don't know that we've had any confirmation of DLC for the Switch version. Which is crazy. They might be, like, hedging their bets a little bit. I I, I don't know. And and maybe they're just being uh, quiet about it in general. I don't think we've seen any footage of the Switch version. You know, so yeah. maybe uh, they just aren't talking about it in general. Yeah, well, and they also didn't make a big deal about it coming to Switch when they announced Mortal Kombat 11. It was just sort of on the splash page with the rest of the uh, platforms it was going to be on. Um, man, it would be so weird if they didn't have the DLC characters on the Switch version. Um, it would be really weird. Just because uh, the last two Mortal Kombat games and the two Injustice games have been like, really they put their dlc program like kind of front and center um i believe all of those games have like two different sets of characters of like five or six characters like really really pushing it as like cool interesting new stuff um and yeah it would be a total bummer <laughs> if those weren't coming to switch especially because it would make that version so incomplete yeah yeah totally uh i wonder if they're not like specifically calling it out because it's just assumed that it will like, why wouldn't it? Yeah. But I think there is reason to be a little bit concerned. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the, it's, it is something like the, the collector edition or like the complete edition is not being offered on, on Switch, um, which sort of, you know, lends credence to that idea that uh, maybe they're not going to get all of the, the extra updates. Uh, we also learned that Shiver Entertainment is handling development of the Switch version. They recently handled the development of Scribblenauts Showdown for Switch. Okay. Uh, a, a game that famously did uh, poorly. <laughs> NetherRealm Studios also revealed a new character. Um, I watched the reveal trailer and I have already forgotten how you say this. Jaros? Sure. Jaros? 
Something like that. Jerus. Uh who can manipulate time. It seems like there's a lot of time manipulation in this thing. Did you watch all of all of this stuff that uh came out around Mortal Kombat eleven? No, no. Um so there's a there's a story trailer wherein um uh Raiden has uh Chinook like chained up in some like pit and is torturing him pretty grotesquely with uh electricity and then like someone stops time and I guess like part of the conceit of this game is that um, different versions of these characters from throughout like the Mortal Kombat history are going to be fighting each other. So there's... oh, Mortal Kombat into the multiverse. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I like that. I would like Mortal Kombat into the multiverse. I mean, there is a. Uh, did you play Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe back in the day? No. Um. So that uh that game you know is obviously a crossover between um DC and Mortal Kombat and by the end of that game they destroy both realities um and so the premise for Mortal Kombat 9 is that uh Raiden right before the realities collapsed on themselves um sent a message back in time to himself to stop Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe from happening and so Mortal Kombat 9 is the stories of Mortal Kombat's 1 2 and 3 with the slight changes that Redden was able to make because he knew what to avoid. I love when franchises like this have incredibly incredibly complex like mythology and backstory. Oh, that I mean this is a problem with Mortal Kombat from like the second game. The Mortal Kombat games are so mythology heavy and each one of them introduces like here's a new you know parallel dimension and now time travel and oh by the way they are like robots that like eat souls and like it, the games are so crazy um that you know by the time we get to the 11th game in the series like yeah yeah we're going to be we're going to be you know meeting up with spider gwen in the forest like it's just bound to happen we also learned that Ronda Rousey will be voicing Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat 11 and mm-hmm. other characters featured in the announcement were, uh, I don't know how Baraka, to Sub Zero, Raiden, Scorpion, and Scarlet. Uh, there's also a teaser for um, Cabal, the dude with the mask and um, like big meat hooks, I guess, as weapons. I don't really know Mortal Kombat that well. That's okay. I will do my best to represent Mortal Kombat here on this show, and maybe someday we'll get Greg Smith in here <laughs> and we-, we can talk about it all together. It'll be good. Uh, speaking of internet rumors that turn out to be false, last week we talked about a report that data miners had found evidence of Link being the future DLC character for Mario Tennis Aces. Yeah. And that would have been pretty cool. But uh, it turns out that info is now reported to be 100% fabricated. Mm. Totally false. Uh, how does that make you... How do you feel about that? Uh, after we were talking about, hey, what would Link's racket be like? I was like, yeah, actually, that would be really cool to have in this game. Right, and now now you're disappointed. That like it's... a racket with a sword hilt? Yeah. Or just a sword with a racket on it? Yeah. Like, that'd be awesome. So, yep. yeah, I'm a little disappointed that it's not true. I mean, it's a little bit like, you know, not every game needs to be Smash Brothers. Like, sure. It's exciting that Mario Kart 8 sort of is, and then it's like, oh, yeah, here's some Splatoon stuff. Here's some Animal Crossing stuff. Um, but, you know, some some Mario games can just be Mario games. Yeah, and that's fine. That's fine. It's Look, fine. No one's mad. It's fine. Which we're fine. We're fine. We're, we're fine. Thankfully, reports that SNES games are being prepared for the Nintendo Switch Online service appear to be true. Hey! Still, 
Uh, when the, <laughs> Still. When the game service was updated last week to include Zelda 2 and Blaster Master, descriptions were added to several of the SNES games in multiple languages, or at least the listings for them. I don't really understand how data mining works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, none of the localized descriptions were there before the most recent release. Okay, so it is being updated with more information, at least on the back end, about Super Nintendo games. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Nintendo has not made any statements about this or revealed or teased anything uh, but you give us the data and we're gonna mine it also released last week for a nintendo switch online and i, I didn't check out the nes online this week so no, i didn't did see I. it for myself that uh there were two sp versions released hmm. ghost and goblins sp puts you uh right before the end boss with a dagger item that's like rapid fire and maybe kind of op okay in uh so but in classic Ghosts and Goblins fashion, once you defeat them, in order to actually see the ending of the game, you have to beat the entire game over. Oh, yeah, because that's the way this game works. Yeah, right? so in Ghosts and Goblins, you play through the entire game, but you, it's not really over at that point. You get to the last level, and then you get sent back to the beginning, and you have and to, you have do to play the again. whole thing through before you can... So it's like SP in the sense that they like saved you one trip. Which is nice. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's it's nice. It's a little bit like uh your reward for this game is you don't have to play it. Well, no, the it's more like the reward for this game is we played it like halfway for you. And this game is notoriously terrible. Yeah. <laughs> your your reward is not playing it. <laughs> Ghosts and Goblins SP is just not playing the game. Yeah. Uh, Ninja Gaiden SP also puts you right at the final boss battle. So it kind of seems more and more like the SP versions of any game that's known as difficult is like, uh, just put, we'll, put we'll you just right put at, you the, at end. the end. I mean, we saw that with um, Dr. Mario as well. Yeah, which is, yeah, it's, it seems uh, just like a little bit weak. Like what, what they really should do is just like make a, a museum mode where you're just like, I want to see this boss fight. I want to see the end of this game. Um, these the SP things are a little weird, and then that they're like separate icons on the screen. Is there any way to like delete an icon? I don't think you can delete it, but I think you can, you can sort it way down to it the or like sort it or something. I guess the thing that I like, they never advertise the SP versions; they just yeah. show up, and so it feels harmless. Like it's not like something they're hyping up, uh, mm -hmm. because yeah, they're a little bit. I don't know, disappointing and samey, but also they're not really advertising it as the selling point. Yeah, yeah. It's just like another way to check out a game that maybe you wouldn't check out otherwise. I just don't know why that that's not like part of just selecting that game. Like it's weird that there are two different icons in there for Zelda. Like when I start up Zelda, it should just be like, do you want to do this like weird little cheat thing and have all this stuff from the beginning? Sure, great. Um, but for it to be like, no, this is the SP version of the game. It's like, that's the same, it's the same game. You just like have a weird save state in there. Yeah. I don't know. The, the whole NES like switch online interface feels really half baked. You know, that you can't like, uh, scrub forward or, or you can't scrub backwards. Like you can on the NES or on the SNES classic edition, just like stuff like that. Also, why can't we get rid of the, this is not, I'm not, we're not starting a whole thing where we're just complaining about this service, but I've got another complaint about it. Uh, why can't you ever get rid of the like display on the top and bottom that shows you what buttons do what? Oh, yeah. 
Like uh, I just I just want that gone. I want to just see the screen. Yeah, it's nice to be able to play the games, but it's weirdly unpolished for a company that released yeah. two really awesome classic edition consoles not that long ago. Yep. Uh, the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess came out on the NVIDIA Shield in China back in December 2017, but it just recently received an update that improves the texture qualities. The Wii U version had improved graphics and lighting, but this new update improves the look of the game even more. Um, That's kind of cool. Uh, It's weird that an old, like a remastered old game gets like another update and looks even better. I don't know. You think we're ever going to see uh, a an even better looking version of uh, this game on the Switch? I don't know. The uh, Wii U releases that have been coming to Switch have all, I think, across the board performed better than, than their Wii U their counterparts. Wii U releases. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like if they did want to make an HD Zelda collection. Oh, boy. You know? Yeah. Uh, I would totally buy that. I would totally want be to be able to play Wind Waker on my Switch. So what if what if that is uh what 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 in your mind is like the Zelda HD collection? Is that uh Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword? I mean that no would be Skyward Sword. That would be it would be cool if they. I have never really played Skyward Sword, so it'd be yeah. interesting to check out. I cannot imagine that they would sell those as like one package though yeah no kidding Seems like it would be three releases yeah yeah i don't know the way that they've been handling these like wii u to switch ports makes you think that they'd be individual releases this is another thing that i was thinking about in in regards to uh new super mario brothers u deluxe um remember a while ago when we were like you know what they should do they should do a new super mario brothers uh all-stars and just put all four of them on on one switch cartridge why didn't they do that? <laughs> Joke's on me. I bought just the Wii U Deluxe one, so I think that's the reason Mm-mm-mm. why they didn't bother doing it, because they didn't need to. I guess, but like... <sighs> it, no, it, w- it would. It would have been, been so good. It would have been, been so good. It would have been so nice to just like have a, a little bit... Uh, just have more, you know? Um, yeah, it's why I, I don't think we would ever... I mean, the only reason I think there's even the possibility that we get Metroid Prime Trilogy is because a precedent has been set that that is how those that games would be presented. already exists. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the the thing with Metroid Prime, although they did it in the first place, I was going to say the first thing about Metroid Prime Trilogy is that you would need to do something about the controls because the third one can only be played with like the Wii pointer controls. And you can't really do that on the Switch. Um, but for the Wii version of the uh, Prime Trilogy, they went back and added the pointer controls to Metroid Primes 1 and 2. Yeah, so they'd have to, like, strip that stuff out. I don't know. The more we talk about it, it's like... <laughs> the more it seems like a huge undertaking. And, like, like okay. not worth it. Okay, so we got to take these We gotta take these three games, up them to HD, <laughs> widescreen them, and remove pointer controls. Two, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two of them, we have to revert the controls to something that... But even then, it was like a GameCube controller, so it'd be totally different right. with like a dual analog. And then the third one has never not been pointer controls. Yeah. That game's never coming out. <laughs> a Metroid Prime trilogy it on Switch. It just doesn't make... It's, not, it's, ne- it's never going to happen. It, it just seems like so much work. I just talked us out of it. Like, that's, that's one of those things that I feel like everyone's like, that'll come. That'll come someday. We'll, we'll see that. We're never going to see that. No. It's so much more than a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Uh... 
while you can no longer add points to your Wii Virtual Console, that's something that happened like last year, I think, at the beginning yeah. of last year, maybe even earlier than that. Uh, you have still been able to use existing points to purchase games, but in eight days, that will no longer be true. Wednesday, January 30th, that is your last opportunity to download, to purchase anything with points or download anything that you have previously purchased. Yeah, so the second one, I think, for probably more people than the first, yes, is a big point. January 30th, last day that you can download something that you previously purchased from the Switch eShop. Right. So, so if, if you, you if you've it, got your old Wii that like you haven't touched in a long time, and you're using as like your retro gaming console because there are a lot of games mm-hmm. on Wii Virtual Console that, that aren't never anywhere came out. else. Yeah, and it's got a like it's got a good like Genesis library. It's got a good Master System library. It's got a good uh, like Neo Geo library, uh, and it's got a good Turbo Graphics library. And uh, those aren't really available everywhere. Um, and then just a ton of uh, NES and Super NES. Like, there are a lot of good games on that system. Nintendo 64. There's just a ton. Well, and just, like, Wii exclusives. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if uh, if there was anything that you ever wanted downloaded onto your Switch, do it now. You got one week, and then it's gone forever. Finally. Presumably uh, forever. It, it would be weird if they, like, took it down for a couple of years, and then we're like, surprise, the Wii store is back. But never say never. Right, right. Never right. say never. Uh, finally, just in time for our Nintendo 3DS-focused episode on Thursday, Nintendo has announced three new games are being added to the Nintendo Selects line of discount software. On February 4th, you'll be able to pick up Super Mario Maker, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask 3D, and Star Fox 64 3D for $19.99 in the U.S. Um, all good games, all deals. Yeah, I'm surprised Star Fox 64 3D wasn't already a Nintendo Select. I just because it was an early 3D, an earlier 3DS title. Yeah, it was one of the like first big Nintendo games on it. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it is a game that in its physical form uh, has become hard to come by. So I think them reissuing it here because with the Nintendo Selects, yeah, it drops the price uh, digitally, but it also drops the price physically. And gets it back out into the wild. Like, this is a, a one where, like, I've seen the cart go for, like, 50, 60 bucks, um, which is a lot for a, uh, a 3DS game. Um, so it is cool that they are just sort of inserting that one back into the uh, sort of ecosystem. Uh, but it is surprising to me that Super Mario Maker, I mean, I guess by the time it came to 3DS, people weren't really thinking about it or, or whatever. Um, uh, but, and Majora's Mask, like, those are, those are both, like, big, f- I still think of them both as fairly recent releases on uh 3ds yeah i would um i'm tempted to pick up both because i didn't own a wii u so i haven't messed around with mario maker a ton oh, yeah and like the sh- i know that the sharing capabilities are neutered on the 3ds but that's not really that big of an appeal to me yeah well, and as long as you can play like a uh you know just a, a a random challenge mode where it gives you um a bunch of mario maker levels to play like that's great and i don't really like the uh, i usually don't spend a lot of time in like crafting my own levels like mm-hmm. that sort of thing but for 20 bucks worth checking out mario yeah, maker i feel like and i have never played majora's mask 3d which it, it's a great way to play that game i so i already own majora's mask 3d um and i did play a bunch of super mario maker on wii u but i will probably pick up super or not super but star fox 64 um 3d because i used to love star fox 64 back in the day and i think that like the 3d because it's not just that they took the same game and made it 3d they it's a, a remaster basically of this game 
Um, and in my mind, that's just the best. That's the best Star Fox, and I want like the best version of it. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll pay twenty bucks for that. Yeah, I'm really excited for our conversation on Thursday because the Nintendo 3DS is such a good system. It's got so many good games, and so many. We will talk about this on Thursday. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe, and Apple Podcasts. All that helps us out tremendously. It's how we get seen and how you get a little shout-out at the beginning of one of these episodes where we say thank you for rating us. Uh, and thank you for rating us five stars, both of y'all, that uh, we shouted out before. Um, that is good. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell. And the show is at Nincart Society. Uh, if you want to get us on Facebook, the Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8bitbetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. Campfire.